We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Bobby, Kirk Henderson, and Josh Bowe. I'm back after a couple of days respite. Uh, we're recording before the end of the Mavericks-Grizzlies uh, game, but they're getting the crap kicked out of them, so I'll tell you the score at the end. Um, Josh, let's just go right to you. This uh, this was uh, an interesting game uh, right up until it wasn't. Yeah, uh, it was It was an encouraging start. Uh, it really looked like the point, like midway through the first quarter where it felt like the Mavs are – maybe not going to run away with it or, but it like felt like they were going to build out a big lead. And then I think there was a sequence in the first quarter that I told, I told you earlier that stuck out Dorian Finney Smith missed a wide open, open uh, corner three, which is a shame because he's been so good from there. Then he got that steal and got obliterated on a block by Jared Jackson jr. And then the next possession down, he had a turnover on kind of a bad dribble drive. And after that, the game just kind of got, you know, the Grizzlies just kind of got right back into it. I think the Mavs were up, you know, around five or seven and looking to push it up to, to eight, 10, 11, you know, before that, that sequence. So that was a shame. And then, you know, you're thinking, okay, they're hanging around and the Mavs were probably, maybe they'll just make a run. And then, man, that third quarter, like that was, I said on Twitter, but that was a curb stopping uh, of a third quarter. Like that was, that was a swift, swift death for the Mavs in the third quarter. Yeah. I. So I want to talk about the game specifics, but, you know, I also want to pull back first and talk about really the big picture. So Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer tweeted this. The Memphis Grizzlies in the last year drafted John Morant, 
traded up for Brandon Clark, dealt Mike Conley for Jay Crowder in a future first, acquired DeAnthony Melton to take on Josh Jackson, just got another first to take on or uh, to to get Andre Iguodala, which who sat the whole year and they're trading him at the moment. And they flipped Iguodala for Justice Wislow. That is incredible. The Grizzlies are in a fantastic spot. And even without a couple players tonight, they were really primed to just kick the crap out of the Mavs. Now, you know, with, with the injuries that the Dallas has faced, you know, Dwight Powell's out for the whole year. Luke is out with a uh, with with his ankle sprain. Seth Curry's out with his knee issue, and JJ Bray is out with an ankle issue. You know, Bray is kind of a, a smaller you know piece of the puzzle there. But the Mavericks have have really been kind of fighting the tide for a while. Um, and it, this was it's a really frustrating game in the sense that you know they lost another one at home they're barely over they're a game over 500 at home which is preposterous but this you know this was a game they were they were set up to 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 lose i, I don't want to be that dark about it but the grizzlies are playing outstanding basketball anybody who didn't know that doesn't follow the nba that closely uh, over the last 15 games they have the third best defensive rating in the league and it really showed why tonight. They play physical, they're long, they're they're tall, with the exception of Morant, and, and they just kind of keep coming. Um, the third quarter is really where it fell apart, and why it fell apart had more to do with the Mavericks roster depth. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, we got a great preview as to why he absolutely sucks um, <laughs> and has sucked for multiple teams. Mm. That he didn't, you know, he, he, and, and won three, it, it was... You know, two offensive possession, no, uh, two defensive possessions and an offensive possession. He fouled a three point shooter who completed the four point play. He just traveled in the middle of the floor, no one near him. And then he fouled another guy at the rim. So the, the Grizzlies essentially scored seven points in two possessions, all because of him. Um, you know, he's not the only the, the only person at fault. The, the, the entire bench unit was absolutely heinous. You check out the plus minus for the night. The game uh, is about to wrap up here. DeLon Wright was a negative 35 in 21 minutes. Jackson, you know, the uh, uh, Justin Jackson, you know, the Mavs terrible Jackson, who we're going to circle back on later, was a negative 20 in 14 minutes. Uh, it's just, you know, Ryan Brokoff, who's starting to get more opportunities, was awful. Negative 17 and, and 12 minutes. You know, there's just, This is one of these games where things get out of control in a hurry, but it really highlights just how tenuous some of the Mavericks, uh, you know, just how tenuous this this whole situation is for Dallas right now. We're really lucky that February, they actually have kind of a weak schedule. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you take away Luka and you take away Dwight Powell, you take away two starters on a team that kind of feels like a strength and numbers team outside of Kristaps and Luka. And you're absolutely right. Like, you know, Willie Cauley-Stein, Powell's replacement was horrible. And you move up the minute, you know, oh, and no Seth Curry, which is huge. You know, that means, you know, other guys have to play a little bit more. There's a little bit less shooting uh, in those bench lineups because, you know, Wright was really bad. And Wright usually comes into the game with Curry uh, when the team's healthy. And Curry's spacing kind of negates a little bit of, of Wright's weaknesses as a, as a shooter and as someone who kind of lacks a burst, you know, Curry can kind of spread the floor and and Wright can kind of maneuver in that space that's created by Seth just standing on the floor. So that's gone. And that, that makes Wright's game, you know, a little bit tougher. And then, yeah, they need, man, the, the backup wing spot got so bad that Antonius Cleveland got real minutes in the third quarter 
before it went all to hell in a handbasket. And that just kind of goes to show like after Dorian Finney Smith, that's, that's it in terms of like true wings on this roster uh, besides Luca. And, you know, they've got Tim Hardaway Jr. and Delon Wright, but you, those are more guards. You know, they really, they really keep another wing and, I want to pivot into another kind of broader picture real quick. Like this is just another one of those games where, you know, the Mavericks defense, I think they were 17th coming into tonight, but man, it's when they're good, it feels like they are all playing together and they're playing smart. And it's not necessarily that they're kind of overwhelming you. It's just that they are making smart decisions on the defensive end in terms of scheme and being in the right place at the right time. They're never, with the way the roster's built and the players they have, they are not a team that you will feel really on defense, if you know what I mean. Like, just from a physical presence, they do not hamper what you really want to do on offense. Uh, they're they're so, it, it's so predicated on them playing together, playing on a string, all rotating at the right time, all five guys on the floor by, being bought in at the same time. And it in games like tonight, you can just kind of see where when it, when it's not there, it just looks really bad because they just don't have enough. They don't have any guys on this roster outside of maybe you know Finney Smith, a perimeter guy that can kind of knock someone on their ass or make the game really tough. Or you know when you play against the Mavericks, when you're playing against their defense, I I doubt teams like man, you know we really felt them tonight. Like they really they got in our they got in our jerseys and they they really forced us to do things we didn't want to do. It more feels like the Mavs are just kind of like, okay, we're going to play the math game or we're going to try to, you know, limit your threes and just give up more mid-rangers. And, yeah, when it doesn't work, it just looks bad like tonight. Like, man, what, that was 21 to 3 or or something to end the third quarter? Like, no, it was 27 to 9. Ooh, that's even worse. And it's it's like it's like Memphis was playing against, like, a, like a practice, like a preseason game. Like, the, it just – they were just walking into wide-open shots. And so it's just – the Mavs defense, when it's when it's on, it's it's a little bit above average. But when it's off, man, it is it is really really tough to watch. Yeah. Okay, guys, we'll be back after a quick commercial break to talk about a few more things we hated and maybe actually talk about some of the good things because there were a few. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Okay, guys, it's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you again after the Mavericks fell to the Memphis Grizzlies, 121-107. to 107. Um, I want to highlight a few more things that were just kind of frustrating to me. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is 3 of 13. He played real hard. He was a net, you know, kind of a – he was a uh, plus-minus zero, which means, you know, despite his poor shooting, you know, the Mavs were, were – did okay with him on the floor. Anytime, you know, you, you're missing Doncic, Curry – uh, it, it, you're not gonna, it, it's really hard to win if only, you know, two guys in this case, Brunson and, and Porzingis were scoring the ball. Everybody else was pretty bad. Uh, yep. and you know, Hardaway's become one of these 
players who is really kind of the bellwether for Dallas. If, if he's playing well, they're going to win. And if he's not, they're going to have a hard time. Um, past that, I, I, I'm to the point to where I, I've been kind of ranty about this in the past, but I think I'm serious with it now. The Mavericks need to move on from Justin Jackson. He is, there are other options. Josh Reeves is sitting down there two way. They haven't brought him up for enough games. I don't think, uh, you know, maybe do something on the trade market, something he's not worth playing. There's if, if you've read the recap, uh, which I hope you have, uh, there's an incredible sequence in the third quarter where he is next to Boban and they're at about, I don't know, maybe six, seven feet away from the basket. He tries one of his garbage floaters and he hits it off the side of the backboard. He's not <laughs> on the side. He's in front. I don't know. Like, this is one of those things that you see like, like elementary school students do is they're trying to learn how to play basketball. He was one of eight from the floor. His only make was a super ridiculous three-point attempt from the wing. He missed six floaters. Six. He's just not very good, and it's just, you know, they need to try something different because I, I feel bad for him at this point because he he just he can't get it to work. We've seen it going back from November. He started off with two good games in February, but since then he's been pretty bad. Uh, everybody else that, you know, that's kind of struggled as, as, you know, in this game, they've had enough good performances to where I don't really feel out. I'm out on, on Jackson. Antonius Cleveland got a shot because Jackson was so bad, but then Jackson went back in the game because Willie Cauley Stein was so bad. (laughs) I mean, this was just, it was a comedy of errors that really, that really unfolded in just a few minutes. So I just, I just wanted to get that off my chest. They're not going to do it. He's going to be a Maverick. I don't hate the guy or anything like that, but I don't want to watch him play basketball anymore. That's fair. And I, I think, for you know, it's obvious that it's starting to wear. I don't know what, if this is this is strong words, but it's obvious that Rick is aware. You know, when you go to Antonius Cleveland in the third quarter when it's still a game, like <laughs> that's when he, like he knows, like he's not getting anything out of Jackson. He gave Brokoff a chance and Brokoff has missed just a little bit too many shots because – Basically, when Brokoff's on the floor, you're like he has to make like forty percent of his threes, or he's just that. Then it's not worth it. And so he's just and Brokoff wasn't wasn't working out. Like he, I think Rick said is uh, he's not at his wits' end, but he's very much aware that he is not getting anything out of his bench wings right now. And that's the only way Cleveland plays real mini- meaningful minutes tonight. And it's just one of those things they just kind of have to weather the storm and. It'll be so much easier for them to hide this when Luca comes back because that's that's thirty at least thirty minutes of wing minutes that they're yeah. missing right now. So that that'll help a lot. Yeah, yeah. I do think I would love to hear you talk about Porzingis because this is his third straight game of thirty points or more. There are only th- uh, uh, our, our good Bubby Bobby Corral tweeted there are only three Mavericks that have done that. I think in like the last you know, like. 20 years and and josh you know josh howard luca and dirk <laughs> um, Jesus. so you know he's in rarefied air at the moment you've seen more of the recent games i had to catch highlights but you know porzingis was thir- 32 points 12 rebounds seven of seven from the free throw line five of 11 from deep he hit an absolutely bonkers step back corner three 
uh, at the end, probably like midway through the fourth, I think it was. Like one of those, if the game had been closer, I would have screamed at the television. It was just outstanding. He really looks like a different player. And I know we're going to have to circle back around on this when, when Luca comes back in. But it's I don't really want to talk about the Luca part in so much as I just want to really talk about how impressive he looks. Yeah, it's just a matter. He looks like a completely different player. Like, there's just no bones about it. Like, he just, his confidence, his mentality, the way he's, like, even the way he's moving, like, he looks less stiff. Like, that that drive he made in the first quarter for his second bucket uh, from the three-point line, like, where, like, you're just like, that just wasn't there. That wasn't in his, that wasn't something he was able to do in the first two or three months of the season. And, you know, I and mean, when you look at his his shot and his shot look like for most of the season, he's had a very flat jumper. And these last two or three games, like he's getting a lot of lift. He's getting arc on it. Like he took that three, you know, from the logo in the first quarter. And it wasn't even like a bad shot. Like he missed it short, but it was like it, it had some, it had a lot of good hang time. Like it was this, like it landed softly on the rim, despite it being a shot from the logo. And it's like, man, where was like, it's like a, 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 a switch has flipped. Like, it's just remarkable how much different he looks. And a lot of it is, I think, you know, he's, he's moving a lot more during possessions. Um, he's being involved in the primary action a lot more in these possessions. Uh-huh. Like I don't see a lot of maxi, uh, pick and rolls right now with whoever the Maz ball handler is. Like it's a lot of Kristaps pick and rolls. It's a lot of him moving off the ball. It's a lot of him moving toward the ball to go get it. It's a lot of him catching and shooting and just kind of being less reactive and just being more assertive instead of him catching the ball and thinking about it for five seconds and then doing something with it. And it's less of him, uh, you know, setting a really weak screen and then standing outside the three point line for yeah. 20 seconds of the shot clock. He just, He's more engaged. Like he just, it's, it's just, I don't know. I think that like, it's hard to talk about, you know, we don't want to necessarily talk about the Luca stuff, but I, I think it's, it's, le- it's obviously it's less Luca. It's more just, I think his confidence and his mentality when Luca is out is different and they just have to look at what they've been doing these last two or three games and just apply that and take some of the tangible things and apply that when Luca gets back. And I think that they might have something special going on if they can, uh, keep him in this kind of groove when Luca gets back. I agree. And I was really, you know, we had a kind of scary moment in the game where he got just destroyed by a stray elbow um, mm-hmm. that he came back in and played was really kind of awesome. I, I just, you know, in a game like that, when the game was sort of out of control, he didn't have to come back in. I mean, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I think he, he gets kind of derided a little bit for his toughness. Uh, probably, you know, within more casual Mavs fans and really the national media. But coming back in after taking a shot like that, which, I mean, really could have been a concussion, was was pretty interesting. I was just, just pleased to see him, uh, you know, have a good game when I watched. It's the other joke because it seems, you know, he's had these, <laughs> he's had a couple of really excellent games in probably like the four times this year I've only been able to catch, you know, little snippets of stuff. Um, Brunson also had a really good game as a floor general. Uh, He's, you know, he's always going to be a little bit of a backup. He's just not big enough to do some of the stuff that he wants to do or excel at. Like he, he's just a bit 
He's six three. Doesn't have the best athleticism, but he's got a great strong base. He's got good instincts. When his jumper's going, his jumper's really going. And it was. It's been fun to watch him these past few games. You know, I I just hope they're able to figure out a means for him to translate that into fewer minutes whenever Luca comes back. Yeah, for sure. And I'm just kind of looking at like you know things that we should talk about that were good. But man, the Mavs lost this game by. What what are they this game by fourteen? And I'm looking, and the all the starters are at least uh, a, a positive. Or Tim Hardaway Jr. was was a zero, but all the rest are positive. And I'm yeah. just looking at that bench, man. I know we just talked about it, but yeah, that was bad. Holy crap! Like uh, I, I don't know. Just in the game that the Mavericks got, they got mollywopped. Like I'm just surprised to see the positive plus minuses for all the starters. Like it, you would have think this well, is one of those games and that game, bad. this game drops Dallas to the seventh seed firmly, uh, which is a little, which is going to be upsetting. Um, you know, but with how badly they've played at home, I'm not sure it really matters. I, I'm just, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is them getting home court. Adva- they're going to have home court advantage if they, finish five through eight because they're gonna have four road games that's essentially that's essentially where it's (laughs) at right now you know and we've got a few games before the all-star break and the mavericks are two games away from tying their highest win total of the last including this season the last four seasons uh because they won 33 games three years ago 33 games last year and i think there's a real opportunity for them to do that they play they have a, a back to back on the road against washington and charlotte each of whom is struggling they play utah at home then they play the kings who are also kind of struggling so in these next four games they have opportunities to to come out with wins they just need to find a, a means to to execute so well i don't got anything else what about you uh, no, not much else. I'm just kind of looking at the schedule and looking at the ro- the ro- the home losses <laughs> since the new year. And it's just the last thing I want to say is that moment in the third quarter when, you know, they're getting they're getting spanked. I'm like, I don't know what it is like. It's it, it feel how many times this season have we seen it? It's the third quarter or it's like the second quarter or something. And the, there's zero energy and they're getting kind of run off the floor in a big run. And it's at home, and you're like, this does like you know they've lost on the road, obviously, uh, but they don't like they don't lose like this on the road, yeah. really. Yeah. Like no, you know, aside from maybe that Toronto game, you know, the fourth that fourth quarter of the Toronto game, but like man, it's just it's bizarre. It's not just bizarre that they're losing games at home; it's the way that they're losing games yeah. at home, so, really listless. And yeah, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah, it's just bizarre, and maybe. Maybe when Luka gets back, it changes, but, you know, it, it was happening before he got hurt. But, yeah, that's the well, last thing I had, really. I mean, it's the just, Mavericks weird. do – I do think it's kind of worth talking about. The Mavericks put on a really good show for fans, but I've been to game. you know, I don't live in Dallas anymore. I go to games at other arenas. A little bit of what – like, what Dallas does is is kind of – it's kind of coddling. And fan, it, this is it's not just the Mavericks that do this, but there's something going on at all times in the NBA arena. And almost all of it, you know, it, there's so much of it that's not basketball related. And so the fans are just like, it's, nobody's engaged. You know, I have, I have a fair amount of followers who get a little unhappy with me when we say, oh, the, the crowd's not great. Well, guys, like, again, I've been to other games. It's not great. I'm sorry. 
the the there's just not a lot of energy and you know that's why you know cuban starts games later because he wants more people to get there on time but the nature of the metroplex is is kind of hard to get around because there's just so much traffic people are coming from all over you know i, I don't know how the team's not how how the you know the city's not more excited about this this group but i think they'll get there they'll catch up at some point but the game to game stuff it's you know you can see it on television it's it's listless the lower bowl is listless i i don't know how to we can't correct that i suspect the kind of people who listen to this podcast can't correct that you know it's 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 just it's it's kind of the is what it is i mean maybe it'll pick up in the playoffs shoot during those during the game seven vince carter three was the loudest that place i've ever heard it ever it's, yeah and it's i was there of greatness and I've, you know, I've been in the building a couple times this year, and la- and even in the the bad the bad years, the last couple of years, it gets loud. Like that building can get loud. So I, I don't know if the if it's the TV broadcast that that can't really replicate it, or if it's what you know, you, it's listless in the lower bowl. And you know, some you know, a lot of people in my well, in my mentions are like, yeah, well, it's all the you know really upper class people in Dallas that are sitting in the lower bowl. I'm like, man, NBA tickets in the lower bowl are expensive for yeah, they every are. team. They really are. So, like, I don't know if that's necessarily an excuse, particularly for Dallas. So, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's weird. It's just weird. Yeah, I don't. To be clear, I don't think it is a a a fan issue. Like, this is something that Carlisle needs to work through. I think this particular game is excused by the group that they were playing, but we know that this isn't the first time it's been like this. It's just, yeah. it's. It's just it's it's beyond silly. They played twenty seven home games and they're they're a game over five hundred. When as a as a record, they're <laughs> they're thirty one and twenty. They have won. I'm just you know just a quick glance at the standings. They have won the third most road games in the NBA. That should be <laughs> no fourth. Sorry, fourth that's still most. good. That, that should be impossible. It's it just should be based off of how things have worked for all time. Anyways, we've gone on longer than we wanted to. Thanks again for uh, for coming out and uh, Josh. I appreciate you hopping on. We will talk with you guys at some point, probably Friday night. Sounds all good. Right. All right, again, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow of uh, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Everybody have a good night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.